Why not the set there, dude? <laughs> so, we're here for Carnival of Randomness, and back from a successful gig in Trinidad and Tobago, being in that steel drum is Greg. Yay! Yeah, man. I am and then, <laughs> when he's not selling popcorn and peanuts or Coke, Coke. kinded bottles. Kinded bottles. Uh, this, it was the paper cups. And this is the podcast I'm going to say, I feel like Billy Pilgrim being unstuck in time going forward back into the future, because there's so much to talk about our, with our guests, and I'm so pleased that he's here. Welcome, uh, Don Mancuso. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. Hey. How's it going, guys? It's Glad to be here. You might not say that in 45 minutes. So. <laughs> I don't know. I've been through some Something good I've noticed, you're playing out a lot still. You're playing mm-hmm. an Iron Smoke next week, and... Yeah. You still dig playing. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, live playing is what I what I enjoy doing. You said before, just before we got it's for the fun now too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean I'm trying to focus more on getting back into writing and recording, but still want to get out with my buddies and all the well, you've got quite the ba- you've got quite the catalog of stuff now. I mean you've I done do. But you're writing stuff you and I see Steve posting all the time, Steve Rosenberg and you were writing stuff together and Yep, we worked on uh, a couple tunes over the last couple years. I worked with one song with Greg. Yep, <clears throat> yep, very good. Yeah, great job. Blame it on rock and roll. Blame you it on rock job. and roll. He <laughs> kept telling me about it, and I kept waiting for it to come, <laughs> and finally they came. Here it is. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, fun I, really, song. I really wanted that to be a way more guitar song. I didn't even want all horns the keyboards and stuff in and it. All that I, but stuff. I, maybe I'll have him redo it, remix for me sometime. Yeah, you, you like need the right it. title because it's like you wrecked me by Tom Petty, and yeah. when she rocked me, no, she rocked me, and he wasn't going to release it because okay, you rocked me, you rocked me. Then Mike Campbell just said, "How about you wreck me?" <laughs> Ding. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how you do it. Everything. Well, oh, the, yeah. twist, the twist of a phrase is a very important thing in songwriting because you listen to any of those country lyrics. Those oh, guys yeah. are masters at the English language. Oh they, yeah, they can take Gosh, a phrase and just make it mean five different things. Yep. No, you go like if you like Chuck Berry, you go and you could tell a story in three verses. Yeah, and a good story, something <laughs> you really want to listen to. <laughs> Don, I'm going to pick your brain. Here's I was just starting to say this as the intro started, and Rob reminded me to shut up because the intro was started. <laughs> but that's a cruel to be kind. I was so excited. <laughs> so Don, you and I played in this band called Ram. Yes. Back in the right after Black Sheep, I guess. Yep, it was. What yep. was it, like 71 or 2 or 3? Um, no, no, it was. I was in Black Sheep 73 through 75, 76, so it had to be so like 77. Or 8, okay. Yeah, 77 or 78. That was a lot of fun. Oh, I, I don't remember too much fun. about it, but I remember we practiced in some barn and it was like a blast, though. Yeah, that was with Brian Sinclair, the keyboard player that, I met in California when I went, went out there, and Pat Patron... Yeah, and Doug Preston, who passed away yep. just a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. he did. Yeah, he was admitted into the hospital. He had a heart thing that they had to replace something in his heart, and the, the surgery went well, but someone screwed wow, up and pulled it, a tube when they. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I didn't know that. His son and him came. They did my furnace. Oh yeah, yeah. His son Jake. Yeah, he's a great kid. Uh, oh wow, well, he's carrying that. Yeah, it was. I just actually worked for about two weeks on trying to get rid of all his studio stuff. A lot of it's at Sound Source. If anybody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was Ram like, you guys? What was like any like song title or anything you remember? Well, we did like 
won't get fooled again. We did. Yeah. Uh, was it that sweet song, Oxygen? Oxygen. Uh, yeah. Love oh yeah, love, love is like oxygen. oxygen. But, but yeah. what I always thought was the coolest part of that band, and I've been trying to sell this concept to every other band I get in. Nobody wants to buy it though. But we did. We we bookended a set of originals with covers. Yeah. We did a middle set of originals, and then we just bookended it with the first and third set were covers. That's and right. I thought it was kind of cool. It was like a show band kind of approach. Well, Paul know? McCartney must have liked to name like an album after you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you ever see the one meme that I believe in? It's like a Trojan horse, and it says it's got, like, cover songs. And the people come to the Trojan horse, your originals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you give them something they know, then open their minds to listen to your stuff. Right, and I thought yeah. it was a kind of a cool way to do it. But no, anyway, that, that was is, No, it is. It's a smart way. I mean, last night I saw the proof in that. I was with uh, this country kid that I play with, uh, A.J. Hilton, uh-huh. and he's got a couple songs, you know, that he went to Nashville and recorded. They sound amazing, you know, right. they can make anything happen there. But he uh, he broke out two of them to do, and people were like, bouncing off the walls wow. over these you know they love the cover stuff but the highlight was his two originals yeah you know? i think you get them in the mood they come yeah. in they want to listen to music once that opens up for them then you do the covers then the one of the best compliments i've heard to some friends is all somebody say who's that a cover of it no that's an original i mean you're always gonna <laughs> yeah. get the people, oh yeah that's good way to get that you're always gonna get the people that just want to hear the hits but i mean i think now I've noticed people are way more tolerant and way more appreciative of imagination and stuff. You know, they they yeah. like stuff that's a little off. Something center, new. Yeah. Maybe not Captain Beefheart for all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love Captain Beefheart. So. But anyway, I wanted to get. But there. the other one you yeah. could always do is like one of my friends. He's like playing out like in Cottage in Menden or somewhere. And he plays like a Hank Williams the Third song. They don't know who it is, so they come. I would have told him this, and yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> so, so was it cowpunk or was it or was it country country? It was the country country. I don't know actually what song was it. His punk though was the country. He actually doesn't like uh, ass clown. He doesn't like that as a band or anything. Yeah. But I saw Hank at Water Street. He changes over, like just just on like dying oh, and everything. That's why. But as jumping on, how did you get the music bug when you grew up? What got you into this? Fabulous life. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> I uh, my parents sent me to uh, this guy Nino. I can't remember his last name. Old Italian guy to learn guitar when I was like probably. Why would you do wrong? Would you be seven or eight? No, no. They, they really they wanted me to play the Tarantella and mm. and do all these songs that they mm. loved. And I learned how to play and how to read and stuff. Wow. And then of course you know I got older and I decided I wanted to be a baseball star and. I tried that, failed miserably. <laughs> I was like, okay, get out in right field. Don't even look at the ball if it comes. Yeah, yeah, that, that was like me when I played. The first yeah. thing was, what am I doing? I'm ready, I'm ready. Go to right. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I think we were. I was definitely a sports impaired. Yeah. So I, uh, I gave that up, and I kind of wallowed for a few years until I got into junior high, and I saw my first band. I think it was. Uh, Lincoln Zephyr or Mar St. Miller, you know, it was... Uh, Love those guys. Red, great. white, blues band. Yeah, it was, it was like in a gym, and I'm, I'm looking at right. this going, I could have done this right. <laughs> with a guitar? Oh, no one told me this, you know? <laughs> so I started teaching myself and learning from friends, you know, because you learn from everybody you play with, and... I just, from that end, that point on, it was just like, nope, music's it. I don't want to really do much else. And you certainly stuck with it, though. I mean, to this oh, day, God, this yeah. has been, what, now, 
40 something years you've been playing? I mean, some people just say yeah. they want to do it, and by the time years. they're wow. out of high school, a year later, they're, you know, not. Then other people just, they just catch. I think it's like, it's like a calling, though. Once it catches you, you can't. So. Yeah, and you have to be willing to give, like all of us do yeah. with anything you love. You know, it's right. like there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times. <laughs> if you can just love what you're doing, you, pers- you can. You know, but they always like, learn something from them. There was like the golden yeah. age too. I always say because like when my brother saw Led Zeppelin for three dollars and fifty cents, I'm just <laughs> thinking of all. He saw the Doors. He saw. Oh, I'm thinking God. of all these bands God. now that you yes. just open to see for a couple dollars. You could get if you saw a Chuck Berry show, you get an autographed picture for twenty five bucks, yeah. <laughs> going for ninety cents. Right, I know. it's funny. You know well, now, like when I go look for a show online, first thing I go, what's the ticket price? They go. How much does your car cost? <laughs> Do you remember a band? This was probably, well, this is like in, when I was in high school, so late late 60s, you know, a typical blimp. Do you remember those oh, yeah. guys? Yeah, I like saw them a couple piece. times. Yeah. Those guys were, we thought they were amazing. They I mean, were. I hope they were as good as we thought they were. Because That's they like were an awesome name. Yeah. I actually really liked that Well, name. they were doing stuff like Led Zeppelin <laughs> 1 stuff and, yep. and all those heavy, they were great. Yeah. Definitely, they were like a prog rock blues band. Yeah, yeah. They were like Spanish guys from Puerto Rican brothers. Or yeah, something. there were a couple brothers or something. Yeah. But how did you form your first band then? Um, well, we were in a we were a bunch of friends that hung out together, and we all had mini bikes, <laughs> and and we would you know we all played. And uh, one day we just decided, well, why don't we just, you know, get our gear together and in between riding mini bikes in the fields in the back over in Greece, New York, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll start jamming. And we started learning, you know, Hendrix and uh, Cream tunes were big at the time. Yeah. A lot of Clapton. Ten years after, we just started jamming on that stuff. And then from there, it just kind of blossomed into... Went to another band of guys that this uh, woman that worked at Kodak Night said, you know, we got to get you guys off the streets. I'll tell you what, you bring all your gear here, you can, you can drink here, you're not allowed to drive anywhere, and you can play every night you want. And it was like, wow, for free? Cool. <laughs> okay. A patron. Wow, that yeah. is. And you brought good memories. The scar right here is by crash from my bowl taco at the Central Drive-In. <laughs> I used to drive around the Central Drive. The guy used to chase us during the day. Really? But the thing with the bowl taco was it was a foreign one, so if a part broke, it was the hardest thing to get a part for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I lived by the canal. We used to dirt bike all over the canal. Oh, yeah. Well, dirt yeah. bike was awesome. That is. <laughs> was the best. It was like a like a mark of like pride where, oh, you know, the owner of the drive-in chased me. <laughs> so day. now I can introduce you as Rob Past Hoodlum. And you know what sticks <laughs> in my Hoodlum. head? That happened when Led Zeppelin broke up after Bonham died, because I remember seeing the little blurb in the paper about John Bonham dying. Yeah, a little blurb. Oh. blurb. It's funny. Yeah, that's what it was. All <laughs> it was. Remember on the pay in the paper, they would do like in the Times yeah. Union, the little blurbs on the side. It would yeah. be like, oh, by the way, hot dogs went up, John Bonham died. It's kind of what they do now, yeah. really. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anything important, they hide. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that you'd really want to know or but care that, about. Uh, that was, was with U of R then, and it's like, we're, yeah. we, we were getting ready to buy tickets because they were getting ready to go on tour. They just oh. released in the outdoor, and, and we were all psyched to go to New York City and see him play in New York City and I had friends in tears that day. Oh yeah, I'll bet. I was like a curse. I literally like Abby Hoffman died and uh, Sam Kinison died before I was going to... Abby was going to come to my school and Sam Kinison died before I was going to go see him. So for a while I wasn't buying tickets. (laughs) 
<laughs> My girlfriend's still mad because she wanted a, a trip to Vegas to see The Who. And then Entwistle passed. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing went south. And then she was so mad because she was like, I could have seen The Who. <laughs> Well, yeah. I saw how he passed till he really went to rock and roll way. Yeah. Like if he had to go. But what was, like, the, if you could just remember a little, like, your first gig and the feeling about it, just getting <clears> up <throat> in front of people and playing. My first gig? Well, around like in a first, local but, band? Well, whatever you want, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the best gig I ever did was with my son's band. <laughs> <laughs> but the first gig was, I, I got that same feeling off of that gig, was uh, at the tennis courts. Remember, they used to have the tennis court dances? Yeah. Uh, Outdoors, and I was with that band Maelstrom that was doing the basement thing, and and uh, actually there was a band I got discovered out of because we were doing another show at a <clears throat> school outdoors in Greece that was surrounded by houses. It was weird. I can't remember the name of the school, but I had my first Marshall fifty oh. with an eight ten cabinet, and of course, what do you do with it? The first gig. You see how loud it can be. <laughs> <laughs> of I had it up on like eight. 11. It was like, oh my God, it sounds so nice. And this dude comes walking up to me. He looks half asleep. He goes, hey, you want to audition for a band? <laughs> I go, sure, what's the band? Black Sheep? I'm like, no, really? Because <laughs> I had just seen him like the week before at a party. And I was like, man, these guys are the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I remember poor Hart played at my high school back when when Louis Lou Graham was doing that. Yeah, back on drums. Well, I was scared though, to be honest. I mean, I, I had. Well, I, to, that's why I do this because, like, I'm sort of an introvert. If I don't know to you, be in like, front you know, of people, to be in yeah. front of people, when people, and they're staring at you, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what you play or what you do. They're they're like this. And I'm thinking, <laughs> never use the one. Well, imagine they're naked, then somebody like me shows up. <laughs> 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 That's when I stopped using that one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> now I imagine your dog with a whip. <laughs> now it's imagine him with a parka. Okay. Yeah, he ties about my dog. My dog came out to him. Yeah. My yeah. dog dog hit at the fair. What kind me. of places were there around back then? Like, you took, did you read my mind? It was the question I wanted to ask. Yeah, it was the riverboat, fantasy swings. Uh, what was it? What was the no, place was that Creek. ended up being... Uh, where I got all my gear ripped off on Scottsville Road. Oh, the, Westminster. The playpen, Westminster. Oh, the playpen. Yeah. The VI. The VI it was. Yeah, it was about yeah. 100 names, but, <laughs> yeah. There's one Lou mentioned in his biography was the Orange Monkey, which I never... Oh, yeah. Oh, I got, oh, the Orange Monkey. Must we have played there with the Rainbow Road. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a great place. Yeah, that's no, was a great place. no Coke. <laughs> we used to, we used to, yeah, no Pepsi, just Coke. No Pepsi, Coke. The band pays. <laughs> that guy was a trip, man. Oh, he was. The only yeah. thing I remember, like from Red Creek, though, is I heard stories that for the, uh, the, the like the dressing room, the grease from the kitchen would drip yeah. down. Yeah, oh, it would. yeah. My wife worked there for like the last few years. It was disgusting. It was pretty bad. <laughs> No, that was like a favorite place of mine. And it was always a place where, remember, they used to have that 60-cycle hum. Yeah. Yeah. These artists would come in there, and they wouldn't know. And if if they didn't have John Vocal, who I worked, I was like an understudy of his when I worked at Brighton Sound to be a tech, uh, he knew the exact spot on the water pipe that you could run a clip and clip onto it and get rid of it. <laughs> and and the bands that would piss him That's off, so he funny. wouldn't tell them. <laughs> you know, if, if they were egomaniacs and they're giving him a hard time, he'd go, have a good night. 
<laughs> and all you hear all night is <laughs> with the music. That's we actually one of the I remember we yeah. also did an opening for Rick Derringer. Remember that? Yeah. We, Red Creek yep. back in the day. That's right. That was a fun time. They they shoved us in this little freaking two by four corner. But <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but we actually got to play in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> then you hear the wait a second, this doesn't sound right. They must have pissed the tech off. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that's how it goes. So that's rock and roll. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> everything. So, what was your evolution from that point forward? You, how many years was that? And what? Oh God, from there it was three to five years. Well, I was just in high school, and then I started with Black Sheep before I graduated high school. I actually, my parents went and begged permission to. Well, he wants to do this for a living and go right. on the road. We don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> But but we want to let him do it. And, we thought uh, if he learned guitar as a punishment, he wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah, no, and I and I, I made it. I had to sign an agreement with wow. all my guidance counselors because I was already I had my Regents diploma. I was just there taking classes to to meet girls and, and stuff and and try to stay out of trouble and not drink or smoke pot all day. So. Uh, I went on the road, and the agreement was I was supposed to do all my work. You know, when I come in, do the test, send it in, and then I was supposed to show up at my graduation, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> everything worked out until the graduation, and all of a sudden, you know, how you get the last-minute gig of a right. lifetime. Right, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my God, we got an opportunity to open for the Sons of of Champlin. Oh, right? yeah, wow, that they was were, great. Band. They were slotted to be the next Chicago, and that was like, our hero band beside Chicago, and it was in the Rose Garden in Buffalo. They, they six thousand people, whatever it wow, was. Wow. And Lou's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll get you back for the ceremony. I'm going to drive my Corvette." Like, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell my parents that. And, that would be great. A Corvette comes whizzing in. Really yeah. Well, it did. It whizzed into the Holiday Inn that burned down after the graduation, and my parents are screaming at me, going, "They called your name, and someone else walked up. You're never going to get your diploma." Wow. They said you're done. Yikes. <laughs> so I had to hire a lawyer and get my high school diploma two years how after. How can I they do that? Because I, I signed an agreement. Oh. Oh. I, I wonder, the, because I know when right, they give right, you right. the diploma, it's actually not in there a lot of times. Like right. I know when we yeah, did Yeah, they it. mail it to you. But right. I, I believe rock and roll on almost like might be skipping class, because I had a paranoia like when a show the was coming. I, I wanted to get <laughs> a ticket, and I wanted to make sure, so I would like skip class just to go out to House of Guitars, and we'd go by a record theater to buy tickets to shows. Let's get there early. Yeah, because it was just like one of those things. It was priorities in life. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, they did. They didn't like me after that. <laughs> Some of the teachers liked me. They thought it was cute because <laughs> everybody cheered when yeah. they called my name and someone else came on. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like receiving the award these. for Don Mancuso is. <laughs> yeah, like right. another five hundred kids. Run this guy might be playing out a little bit and everything. You're running to them later and stuff, and they oh, yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've talked to a lot. Yeah, but who's laughing They're, now? You know, the guys working in yeah. a garage or something. At least you got to do something you really wanted to do. You know? oh, and there's other people that excelled further and got further ahead. I mean, it, you know how it is with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It means if you're content with your life, though. That's the thing. I know oh, like yeah. people, I always used to say, some people I know, they make a lot more money than me or they do anything, but they're miserable. Like, you want to be happy. That's a big thing. Yeah, well, that's that's key. I mean, yeah, people couldn't figure out why, you know, after getting so big and touring the world with Lou, I just don't, you know, pick up and run to Nashville or L.A. Right. or It's like, I tried that. 
it's a click. Right. Oh, <laughs> it's very just much like so. Here. I, there too I never long. made it in with yeah. a click here. I just have more friends that are really good musicians. So yeah. it's like, I don't want it. This isn't a competition to me. I do it because I love it and I want to create. You know? And it comes out though in people though, because I can see I've seen people play who technically are really good, but yeah. they're doing it. You can just see they're up there just for the paycheck. They're like you know technically good. Other people you can tell they love doing it. They love being up there. And there's yeah. a difference. No, there's got to be a passion, and people do relate to that. I think when yeah. they see you enjoy what you're doing. Oh, definitely. Right? Yeah. And I saw before yeah. the Lips Turn Blue show at House of Guitars. I was hanging out with Roy. He was eating an ice cream. Going yeah. drummers eating an ice cream. It's gonna be a good show. <laughs> you know when that drummer is mellow and eating an ice cream I love was, right. was, with the shades. That's right. Was it a drumstick? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> You've learned my son on the show. I did notice more. It was a the ice cream was white with raisins in it or something. Really? <laughs> mm. Maybe it was yeah, there's an ice cream raisin. over yep. there right by ice yeah. square. That's oh, yeah. rum. Yeah. Keyword rum. 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 Yeah, probably. <laughs> So, I mean, this, the bands you play with right now are so diverse. Uh, you're, yeah. you're in a Zeppelin band. You're yep. in an Eagles band. Then if, a, if that's the yes, list. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. No, I just joined that one. Uh, Beatles. 52nd Street. Beatles. I do a lot of Beatles just by nature of I love their music, so right. I do it with the acoustic things that I do. Right. And wow, somebody would be upset about that. Why? <laughs> it's, our, it's our little joke. Oh, oh, okay. oh yeah, Jill and the Beatles. You know uh, about Jill and the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> I do. But, yeah, Celtic Fire. I mean, we're actually going to get together and do a, a memorial show for uh, Sebastian Marino, her, right. her ex-husband, who she had all her kids with. And he actually, he was a guitar player on the first album. He did all the all the guitar parts and engineered it wow. and produced it. Was he, was he the guy that used to work at the place on Humboldt Street? Was that the same Sebastian, or is that a different No, guy? that's a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah, Seb, Seb used to own his own... Uh, his sound, his own sound company, huge. They got huge, and uh, he was a guitar player for Anvil. Okay. Oh wow. And, oh. and a couple of lot bigger bands, but you know, then he got to a point where he discovered, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. No, there, there was a band that doesn't <laughs> never said never. You know. Yeah. Somehow yeah. I missed them when they first came out. I know my friend, like friend Rob Mount. He knew the one guy in it, uh, but. Me? And I forget his name now, Rob mm -hmm. something or an anvil. But I somehow I was in those. I missed them when they first came out. Somehow I was I was surprised. Yeah, I saw him at the Water Street with Seb. It was great, good show. He was Rob band. Reiner's his name, I think. <clears throat> maybe like Rob Reiner, like the director and stuff. Maybe right. I think that might be his name. Could be. I think possibly, but so so since you're in all these type of specific groups, like what's your um. Do you have a an opinion on all this tribute band type stuff? Like what the big thing is with them now? They're I meaning they're they're all over the place. Oh yeah, no, that's, crazy. Yeah. And, and and they do well. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that they're a ripoff. Oh, or this anything. is the year of the Pink Floyd tribute band. Yeah, years I mean, did right people just want to hear that yeah. kind of stuff or more exact things or memories or what do you think? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely when when you when you think about music. I mean, my dad before he passed, he couldn't speak. But if if I started playing a song that he recognized from his youth, he wow. would sing. Wow. And yeah. know the words, yeah. enunciate clearly, and I'd be like... Wow. No, it's true. Right? If the music stopped, nothing. He'd be gone. 
Wow. I would have that because I cared wow. for my dear friends, and it got really yeah, bad the last year. Phil Marshall would come in, and they would do music therapy. Yeah. You know, and my dad would forget who I was. I'd be called Antonio. I'd be, right. you know, how dementia is. Oh, yeah. But I would hear, I'd be out there, and they'd be playing, and my dad would be singing the lyrics. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, no, that amazes me. It's definitely memory and yeah. feelings. You, you, yeah. Throughout your life, you, you experience certain things, and there was music. To, right. to it all. There was a soundtrack to your life. Right. <laughs> Basically, yeah, you don't, no one wants to admit it, but it was yeah. there, you know. Even yeah. if you weren't into music, there was one happening, and when that music hits you, it it rejuvenates your feelings from that and makes you feel better. Yeah, and you'll hear, times. like, someone say, oh, when I hear this is the soundtrack to my youth, I hear this song. Yeah, oh, yeah. I always think it's an amazing thing, too. Like, a lot of these, like a movie or something, is the director will pick or whoever's doing this right. music. They'll pick some obscure song from years back, and all of a sudden, like there was a Kate Bush song, and it got big, and then all of a sudden these songs are huge, and all these now, all this new generation and all these people that like this movie, they relearn the they're going, wow, the they discover all these, rediscover all that's these right. things. For the younger kids who it's don't cool. know the band or anything, that's what they do, they pick it up, it's all right. new to them. Yeah, because sometimes their parents really aren't around now. Most parents aren't aren't with their children a right. lot, you know, yeah. they, they go to work, they're double-income families that are struggling, and they don't even really see their kids except for the weekends, or whenever they can, so they don't have a chance to turn them on to that music like mm -hmm. we did, our right. parents, you know, gave us, here, you know, Frank Sinatra, Nancy right. Sinatra, right. Jack Skelton for me. <laughs> right, I mean, whatever it was, you know, <laughs> they were they were turning you on to music. Sure, I mean, that whole, that whole thing, look at McCartney's, you know, all those guys... They all grew up. Well, Stone, any of those '60s bands grew up with World War II era, right? And stuff. '20s and '30s stuff, yeah. and yeah, that's right. That's and that's why they swing. We ever got like Mick Jagger or somebody on here? I'm waiting for the callback, Nick. <laughs> I would just love to say the question. Like now, it's amazing. I want to find something. I can find it pretty much anywhere. There might be some stuff. Imagine growing up and you're just hearing this on pirate radio. One person would get an album. We saw everybody would come around because you could get an album. Right, right, That's how the right. Stones were formed because Mick and Keith ran into each other. Right, I know. think Keith said he wanted to mug Rick because he had the least Muddy Waters album. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. they went listen to. It. Could you imagine how that would be now? It's like hey, we got the new Who album. Yeah, let's go all listen to it. Yeah, there's no psyche on anything like that, and it's not even worth putting out albums anymore. Most yeah. most people's attention span is like 15 seconds click 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 oh yeah that's great that's great click yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have friends who yeah don't you watch gotta grab them fast <laughs> friends who don't watch movies anymore they can only do like series because they can't have the attention span right. but yeah. then there's also that thing about music that's funny too i remember when i saw the who the last time canada where roger Daltrey mentioned we rochester instead but like like hearing feels like from the first time like cruising all night at lake avenue i'm oh, like yeah. oh that's about our place yeah right. <laughs> you're standing in cleveland watching it ha ah, it's about us yeah one, I have this one weird thing, too, with like people, I don't want it to happen to you ever, but for people, Greg, it can happen to, that plays in multiple bands. I'd love to see like somebody who plays in multiple bands start playing a song from the wrong band. Oh, I've done it. Well, I've done the wrong endings, <laughs> yeah. because I'll forget which, how they end, which band, how they end it. I'll go to the other ending. Oops, yeah. oops. And I'm probably wrong about this, but I think the difference between like tribute bands, co cover bands, and like if you're playing out and you're doing a cover... 
if you're doing your own cover, you can do like say just pick, like like whatever song. You can do your own version of it. Now, if they come to see a tribute band, they want to hear it like the uh, mm. band. Right. Well, they some people do, but I've been noticing in in like the Zeppelin thing that we do, we don't try to be Led Zeppelin and sound like the album. Right. Neither did they. <laughs> right, right. I was going to ask they, you if you feel pigeonholed they, trying to no, learn a song. No, Jimmy Page I, never played. I guess at that, oh, talk about like for a concert, there were like, what, 24 million requests for tickets for that Led Zeppelin reunion? Yeah. But he said that was the only time he ever played the Stairway to Sol- Evan Solo right. Oh, to the album, right? Yeah, to that was the album, only yeah. time. Yeah, I believe it because, I mean, it's, it's those are moments in time, right? Right. When you're recording or yeah. you're doing art. And and they 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 mean a certain thing. And an hour later, it could be something a little different. Ten years later, it's going to be something that you want to be a lot different. Right? Yeah. I think airplay. You know, you hear it over and over and over, and you just that's the only way you think it goes. Yeah. You know? Well, the oh, exception you, seems to be the Eagles, just because it's from everything I've read. Like I read Don Felder's book. Don Henley wanted the live shows exactly like the album. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty anal about that, and they never achieved it. I heard a lot of their shows. I was present there. You know. I mean, it was great. But it was them live. Yeah, right. it, was, it wasn't sheer perfection. I mean, by any stretch, it was them live, and you, and you could see the interaction and people laughing at each other. I prefer live stuff and, myself. And, and like, you're ever going to get Joe Walsh to do the same thing twice in a row? Exactly. <laughs> and his whole life. Yeah. Dan Henley's quote about Joe Walsh was, "He's an interesting bunch of guys." Yeah, right. <laughs> That's best awesome. intro for I best like intro. He opened for the Doobie Brothers when I saw him at CMIC. Yes, he, he strolls out like some guy like picking up junk on the stage comes out hi I'm Joe Walsh <laughs> kicks in the seat to me. I'm like oh no it was, I thought it was like a guy walked up on stage yeah to me I'm watching these tribute bands like online that are like trying to be perfect to the record right. and, and going why right. it's yeah. already been done you spent that much time trying right. to ch- achieve what someone did in about five minutes I mean do a tribute to them, you know, just respect right. the music, do it your own way. I think that's more fun. accurate as to what it should yeah. be. It's, it's interesting to see bands that really strive for, it, like, um, classic albums live, right? Because right. Phil, Phil was a singer for, for yep. them. He did a couple of them. He did yeah. a couple of them, right. And uh, we didn't see him sing uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, was it Led Zeppelin Two, right, that right. he did? We missed him yeah. at the Lilac Fest because I think that was the year it snowed. <laughs> yeah, back from yeah. Minneapolis. I was with the we, them. And we went, we went to see that band do it in, in uh, uh, Verona, and he wasn't there, so we didn't oh, get to okay. see him do it. But it was a really interesting experience to see them go for the note for note with all the musicians that it took to do it that way. Right. And, um, you know, that was an interesting art form. But It is, but then they have to but dress I, you all in black. They, they yeah. actually offered me the gig to do one. I can't remember which one. They said, yes, you have to be all in black and you can't move yeah because because <laughs> they I want you to just listen to the music and, and then see the, the video the production yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like well uh, okay yeah <laughs> i don't think and you have to use the exact same equipment and i'm like well obviously you would do that, yeah i'd rather so, see the song remains because, yeah, well, because it's, the spirit, a, it's the spirit of the music. Right, rather I'd rather than see a, a band that's just a good band, has great chemistry, right, right. together. And, that's and, the most important. And they love that music enough to be able to reproduce it their own way and make it something new. Yeah, like, I mean, I think each of the members has to be a devotee of 
like if you're doing a Zeppelin, you got to really like Bonham. I mean, oh, the yeah. drummers have to really understand what he was doing and then apply it to their own way of playing. But that's a tough thing. Yeah, man. it is. You know, that guy was a dynamo. I mean, there's no he doubt was. about it. He and had a unique style that is uncopable. Yeah, and I mean, you know, <laughs> they're they're a good example because I mean, some there's a lot of recordings out there. Uh, Jimmy Page, he's a little sloppy at times. You know, Everybody and it, like as soon as there's yeah. no rhythm guitar, it all drops out, and it just sounds completely different. That's right. You know, and then, you know, and then uh, the bass is picking up a lot of the stuff. He plays pretty busy, yep. you know, to make oh, yeah. up for it, you know. So no, and a lot of it. I mean, people forget that you know, like the some of the some of the best music has a lot of space. Right. Mm -hmm. There's actually air in there. It's not filled with notes every second. Tom, you got it. Tom Petty was particularly gifted at that kind of right. production, wasn't he? It's just yeah. there's a lot of it, acoustic it, it, space. It builds in heaviness when you don't put a right. lot there. That's what makes me crazy yeah. when I hear some of this newer rock stuff. It's just that buzzsaw guitar, just the drone. Yeah. Like all the way, I, I don't even hear a chord anymore. It's just, know. you know. Yeah. <laughs> my own criticism, and we like, we like what we like. My own criticism of Humble Pie was always, they're really probably great to see live, great musicians, oh, they but they, they almost had a sense of their music of, look how clever we are. Yeah. You know, a little bit, and this is just me, I always say, like, on who you like what you like. This is, it just seemed like it was a little bit, okay, you don't have to do this much. Yep. <laughs> I was listening to Lottie and the Charcoal Queen on the way over here this morning, and and it's just really funny to hear you know some out of the uh, out of the left field humble pie come in my mix in the car, but it you know there was it was there was no space in that because it was all soul music it was gospel yeah. and it was just loaded with vocals and organ and everything else and there was oh, yeah. really no room for. For anything else, yeah, no space. No, but then I mentioned Captain Beefheart, and I guess like drum, like uh, Zuhorn Rollo and them, they were they were asked about doing a coming back and just doing like a trout mask the instrumental, and they were like, we don't want to learn this stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did it already? Did it right? Been done. Well, that's a good example, though. I remember Black Sheep was kind of heavily influenced by the free stuff. Free and stuff, yeah, and, and Steve Winwood, yeah. Traffic, a lot of that. I mean, and that was that was basically soul R and B, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they listened to all the all the Motown artists here, and you know, didn't cop it, but wanted to create that kind of vibe yeah. and did it their own, you know. With their talent, they did it the way they knew best. Yeah, you know? Steve Winwood was like 15 when he's playing it. I know, I know it's crazy. Like 17 or something when he did. I'm a man, man right? I'm a man. I was uh, yeah. watching him do Which it. Was going, the first song I made. So hey, on the way over here though, I just happened to be. I just happened to be listening to uh, Breakfast with the Beatles, and it got me thinking about CMF and and because it was uh, what's his name there. Dave, Dave Kane, oh, yeah. and you know, it got me thinking about Uncle Raj and him and all the influences that how they helped us out, oh, and God. probably way more you than me. But no, both you of know. us. I'm yeah. pretty sure if at, at any point in time they would have helped anybody, any artist Bless around Raj, here. Yeah. And, I mean, last uh, time I saw Raj was actually was at the Ramones at U of R when he talked. <laughs> but the last thing I was a bit buzzed on vodka and orange, on lemonade. But talking to Raj, he was really hyping Van Halen's 5150 album. He was telling me how much he liked it. Wow. Yeah, he was a diverse guy. He was cool. I remember he played, what was that band he played bass in? He was in a band. Yeah, it was uh, a punk band, right? Yeah, they were great. I saw yeah, them they at, were. at 
Glass Onion or somewhere. Yep. But yep. I remember he was the coolest guy because I remember I got to meet him a couple times. And, I, like, you know, this is back when I was younger. I think I just went over to Layton Avenue, like, midnight or something. I rang the buzzer. I, hey, Raj, it's Greg Andrews. Remember me? Yeah. Can I come up and hang out? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Just <laughs> open the door and let you come up. Yeah. The good old days. We used to do that there and over at SAY. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to go up there often. SAY. We'd go in there for the what was it the um, the the midnight rosary? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then after the midnight rosary, okay, you can play anything you want. I know, I know. You know it's though too, like a lot of artists, <laughs> like what they station. play and what their influences the are, what they listen to is yeah. different. Like I mean, everybody's everybody's the Beatles, pretty much. Like like, but you'll hear like a lot of people. What do they listen to? It's totally different from what they play. Oh, yeah. They're like fans of different things. Usually, oh, yeah. yeah. I do. I know. I, do. I listen to everything. So. Me too. Anything from classical to country to... I mean, even some of the hip-hop. I, I've had, I've been blessed to have kids that at least can dig out the good hip-hop yeah. and, and R&B Early artists. rap for me, like some of the early, early rap, stuff. Yeah, and, early and some of it's really good. It I mean, is. and creative for as much as everybody... Oh, no, that stuff's crap, man. It's like, no, not all of it. Stuff you hear on the radio might be, but... Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, I like a lot of the, the lyrics. I mean, you know, when it's not yeah, violent. Exactly. I mean, there's a it's lot. Like, there's it's a like good poetry. Message in a lot poetry of it. Put, uh, no, it is. It's like almost like the beats or something. It's like poetry yeah. put views right. in a little yeah. ways. Oh yeah. You know, but we like to like crap on like the generations. I was like kids today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember we all walked like I clung close to climb Mount Everest to go to school. These kids get if it's like thirty degrees, it's shot. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know that thing. But how did our lip turn lips turn blue come about? Uh, it was actually D drive. Um, it went on for, since two, 2004, I think we got the first, first record out. The first album was actually my solo album, and we named it D-Drive, and then after that, when we did the second album with, uh, Joe Lana and Lou and all the guys in the band, we decided, uh, we didn't want to call it Don Mancuso's anything, we wanted a band name, we went to D-Drive, we put out bunch of music over the years. Which I thought was a very cool name, by the way. Yeah, What's I get that? like D-Drive. Yeah, yeah, I like that, that one, was, too. That, was, that name was gifted to us by a friend of mine um, uh, that I I had reconnected with in California. He had a record collection of 700 albums. Wow. This guy, and he was like the most knowledgeable guy. If I ever had a question on anything, I could go there. Yeah. And uh, he came up with the name. He said, are you recording on a computer? I go, of course. We're broke. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, we, we got it. So it was okay. it was the hard drive that and, you were named after. Well, no, and then he said, well, okay, well, that makes sense. He goes, and you're still going by the name D, right, from when you were a kid right. because there were so many Dons? I go, yeah. He goes, it's got to be D drive. Just don't put the dots in there. Just put <laughs> D, D, R, I, V. I was like, genius. Yep. Okay, cool. Wow. Well, that's awesome. So we, we took that name on, and by the time the pandemic hit, we were recording songs. We did uh, Pray for Tomorrow. We did a remake of that because of what was going on in the world and, <laughs> you know, all the, all the sadness and isolation and stuff. And we did a, an acoustic version of it for uh, the keyboard player was the CEO of Rochester Regional Health at the time. Eric. Yeah. So he, he wanted us to do it and he gave it to them, you know, and they put it out and... 
and we decided, oh, if we're going to be shut up here like a bunch of lugs, we should write some more music right. together. Let's get some new stuff. So we started writing all from our individual areas of the earth and yeah. putting it together on Zoom and telephone calls and everything else. And, and we started shopping it with uh, Bruce Pilato. Was shopping it around to different, you know, indie labels and seeing if he could get us a deal. And he hooked up with this one company that was all hot on it in Germany called uh, MIG, Made in Germany Music. And uh, he gave it to them. They wanted to do it. They said, we will not put it out under the name D-Drive. you got to have a new name because there's a band in Tokyo or somewhere that has this gorgeous girl who shreds. She's incredibly talented. I think I remember hearing about that. And yeah, it's it's like they were around because we own the domain name and they, they hit us up like right away, you know, when they started getting big in investment investors. And we told them no, we didn't wanna we didn't wanna give it up at the time. So but they got huge. I mean they have like millions of followers online, people go and watch their videos just to see her legs and her shredding ability. <laughs> yeah. And the band's really great. It's it's like a fusion metal rock thing. You never got their fan out. mail? No, no. <laughs> what are they called? D drive? Is that yeah. What yeah. Okay. If you go out now and you type in D drive, you'll find us, but you'll also find them. You gotta check them out. They're really good. So we agreed, and we said, okay, and I think it was Bruce came up with that name, and at, at the time, it wasn't really, like, going over that big, because we were we were losing our singer to cancer, and, you know, yeah. I, I had people sending me scathing emails going, how could you do that? It's like, well, no, to me, it's like... Lips turn blue when you're cold too. Right. Mm -hmm. I've I've been freezing cold yeah. and see you know. Yeah. It's not just. It's not that. like cold blue, which is like right. You know, which I know what yeah. that is. But it was it was some uh, I think it was some popular name from a book I think that was popular. It's a cool name. I think. Yeah. I I thought it was okay. You know, it's got the criminal minds thing. Though. It's almost got like, <laughs> you know in a way it's almost got it. You know, like it's like a gothy feel. It was like yeah. Yeah. Goth, right. yeah. 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 No, and it was, you know, and, and they put out the record because we named it something different. It's like, okay, we're we're good. <laughs> you know, speaking of, of Phil, real quick, I I picked up a Cactus album, and he does vocals on one oh, of yes. those songs. Yeah, the, the album he, Tightrope. Yeah, yeah I think that. he probably even co-wrote it. I think he is usually, that's like the thing he did with uh, the drummer from from Kiss. What was his name? Eric Carr, the first of Peter Chris. No, uh, Peter Chris. He was on his solo. Oh, really? And he wrote he wrote a couple songs and and he wow. let him sing. I was going to say yeah. Anton Fig was like a drummer. I know. Was he really? Well, he drummed on like I guess Peter. There were so many problems like on a couple wow. like unmasked. Mm -hmm. They had Anton Fig ghost drum because they had a contract. They had yeah. all the. Right. So Bruce Plato was involved in this particular CD. Too. Yeah, he's yeah. Bruce Plato's been. Involved in a lot of things. He's he's actually the guy that hooked me up with uh, Celtic Fire. Wow. He hooked me up with a couple other you know people that are big in the business because he he had a lot he has a lot of connections. I saw yeah. too. I saw like you were on the news or something for this or some mm -hmm. program. 
Yeah, we did a morning show, I think. We did, like, a little unplug thing. I love, like, musicians have to do the morning shows, always crack me up in the old days. They would yeah, be coming and looking, oh! I, had one, I won't mention their name. I won't I mention their Can name. Can we do the 10 o'clock news? I won't, mention, <laughs> I won't mention their names to protect the guilty. But one of my friend's band for, for Record Archive, oh, yeah. they were at the early yeah. show. Yeah. Oh. They're all wearing sunglasses. That's, that's, yeah, right. It's killer. I used to... Almost fell to the garbage can. When we were out on tour with Lou's band for that decade or so, they would recruit him to come into the morning shows like seven, eight o'clock yeah. in the morning. I couldn't believe he could actually sing at that hour. No, I would get like right. the one person you could always tell my guests because my one friend who's been on, who's like, "Dude, can we do it at three in the afternoon?" I go, "It's the metal guy." <laughs> <laughs> Now yeah. you actually mentioned like like cactus and those. There's just something random. Into some of like who's been interesting that you've met and worked with because I've seen like you worked with or met a lot of people. Pick anybody, uh, just get random. <laughs> Eddie Money, really? Yeah, Eddie Money was a classic man. He, we were out on tour <clears throat> with Lou and I on his uh, Jingle Bell Rock. He okay. did a Jingle Bell Rock, and it was Eddie Money, Lou, and Mickey Thomas. Wow, Mickey Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Talk about a voice. Yeah, and talk about a work ethic, you know. Eddie Eddie and Lou would be like, oh, no, we're not coming to rehearsal. And and Mickey would walk in and go, that's okay, I'll sing all their parts. (laughs) I'm bored. I need to do something musically. I'm like, you're you're my hero. Did you see him when he was at the the Lilac Fest a couple years ago? No, no. I tried to get a hold of him, and his manager thought I was some groupie. He didn't know that I I knew him. (laughs) Did he marry? Somebody from Rochester or something. I don't he, had, know. he had a connection because he, when he started Indeed. his play, he did that Broadway the play, the musical on his life. It premiered at the Kodak Theater to start. Wow. He was well, I know he was at Vision. He was at Vision Dodge for some reason because my girlfriend works there and he was in the office. I think he met like his like his <laughs> wow. last wife was like I think he had a connection to Rochester. Maybe now this is Could be. maybe look it up everybody. I'm not looking. So can can I tell you my Eddie Money story? I've probably told it before around here, but it's a classic. You gotta love this, so because I know what you're talking about. So when I was working at Chase, they gave us an afternoon to go to the ball game at Frontier Field. So we go, and we're all hanging out. And I went down to the concession area, and I see this big crowd of people. And I go further in, and there's this table, and Eddie Money's sitting at this table signing 8 by 10s And and I don't even know why he was there, but he was there. And in my little weird cleverness, I wore my Wheaties baseball guy shirt to this baseball game yep. just to be. And he looked at me, and he looked, says, come here, this shirt's awesome, come here. And he signed my shirt. Awesome. So cool. I still have the shirt. Oh, that's was awesome. It? Yeah, he was he was a character. We would I was on his. Uh, he had like a conversion of kind of a tour bus thing with his room in the back, and then we had bunks in between. And uh, traveling cross country, he used to break my chops because of my name. You got to change your name, dude. <laughs> yeah. Who is that? John Mancusk, Mancusk, and he'd give me nineteen names like through the whole month we were together. John Smith. He was Mahoney. 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 Yeah. 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 
Mahoney it was. And even that was too much for him. He couldn't, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. he wanted it to be something that's just so simple and brainless. He goes, you're never going to make it in this business. I go, that's okay. I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> as long yeah. as I can afford to stay in it and keep writing and recording and meeting cool people like you. There you go. <laughs> he did a, it was actually really funny. The audience, like, sort of gasped. I saw him play at the Auditorium Theater. Vixen opened up. <laughs> And they're doing take. They're doing yep. take me home tonight, right? Yep. So you know they have the Ronnie Spector part. Just you wonder how they're going to do it, right? One of his like his bass player just goes up, goes, "Miles, be my little baby," and Ronnie Spector's voice comes <laughs> out. The <laughs> yeah, his daughter sang that a lot of that when we were out, out with him. He has a, he had a daughter who was gorgeous that kept disappearing on the tour, and he'd have to send his people out there, <laughs> go find her, get her back. And, <laughs> That's rock and roll. <laughs> that was that was a great tour. I've got I, got to, I got to play with uh, Tommy Gervin, oh. who is like one of the the greatest unknown guitar players on the planet. <laughs> he's he's really good. They're he's, around. That's the thing. We all like when you dig deep into music. There are all these people the masses have never heard of that are fantastic. Oh, yeah. And even like yeah. me, I've been on a big Skunk Baxter kick. Now, you mentioned, like, him to a lot of people that don't know, but he's played, like, on so much, mm -hmm. and, and he's done, like, he used to work with the Department of Defense, but I bet if you mentioned Skunk Baxter to most people, like, who? would go, Steely Dan, Doobie Brothers, just to name a few. Yeah, and then they'll go, oh, yes. I think that whole side person thing is a really cool thing. I mean, people it just is. go, well, why don't you just do your own band? Well, you know, it's an honor to be asked to play alongside, because they think you're good enough. That's right. They, you have um, something they like, so. That's right. I mean... I did that thing with uh, Gail Lee Lewis, yep. Jerry, Jerry Lee's sister, and, you know, that was a blast, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. an hour of rehearsal. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, yeah a sometimes lot of, okay, here's the, get to rehearse. that was a yeah. long one for you, though. Here's yeah. the gig, yeah. show <laughs> this time, know, right. know this song. Now I'll never get song. back. Rob <laughs> Halford, Rob Halford, when he subbed for Ozzy for Black Sabbath, he said in his book, he's listening to a cassette in his car on the way to the gig. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's amazing. It's unlike ours, where it's like, what are we going to talk about today? What's our guest's name? Okay, let's just roll. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, you don't want to overthink it. <laughs> no, you don't. It comes out as forced or whatever, or anything else. And I think that's part of the fun of playing, too, if, like, it's all rigid. It's like, why bother? Yeah. It's not fun. Now, if you're yeah. going for perfection, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> right? I, I think you're art. definitely right about the whole, you know, why aren't you doing this or living in Los Angeles or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I was out there and I just went, really? I don't yeah, think I want to be here. you did it for a while. You, yeah, know, I, I don't, not... you start to see what's going on and you're like, I'd rather go back and be the bigger fish in the little pond and whatever, you know? And I, mean, I think yeah. you're, everybody who's saying, I'm going to go to L.A., I'm going to hit it big, I'm going to go to Nashville, everybody in every one of the 50 states, plus probably Europe, is saying the same thing. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. And so, like, it's always, like, the story is, like, I've known, like, friends, like, there's actually a Happy Days episode of all things where, like, one of them's playing guitar. He's, like, really great. It's like, I'm going to be great. He goes to an audition, and the guy blows it away who's playing. And you realize there's always somebody more talented, better. Yeah. You find your own niche, get comfortable in it. That's right. And I'd rather be the unknown guy, like, sitting in the back playing than, like, the guy getting mobbed or... Yeah, me too. Well, I can get anything else, though. you got to be... to work with, right? I'm I mean, sorry. Oh, sorry yeah. But, you know, you, I mean, Mike, for God's sake, you know, probably one of the best bass players I've ever seen play. Yeah. 
you know, and you get to work with really talented people in those towns. Really? And I heard, there, there, I overheard you and Mike one time coming out of uh, Iron Smoke talking about how cool it is to be in Rochester because there's just so much going on here and people oh, really don't take advantage of, of it. They, they don't true. realize that, right? No, no, they should go to other cities. No, you right. think Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta, no, no, great no. city, Atlanta, great city. One of my yeah. friends who lives down there is down there going, Rob, don't believe it. Like, remember when we were here, I used to say before COVID, if you wanted to go out five days a week, if you had the energy, you could pick, what do you like, what band, what kind, you want different music, you can find it. I can't find any of this here. That's right, yeah. And you're not going to find too many places that have the camaraderie that we have here. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's sure everybody's trying to get the gigs and and get in with people, but you know, at the same time, hey, could you fill in for me tonight, or can you you can you can actually call somebody up and say, hey, could you help me out? And right. most of the time, they'll help you out. Yep. It's you know, like generations of music here. It seems like there's a great lineage. We have you. Like on my shirt, I have two gen. Like my hand, I have different generations of. Music and I always say the kids are all right, like by buttons. <laughs> like there, I, I was like the only thing is like I was with Michaela and Sam from Maybert at the Bugs are talking about doing the deck in my day. And I'm realizing, oh my god, I've been talking about shows before they were born. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard though; these people yeah, are no. born in the '80s now. I mean, well, hey, remember what you're on here for birthdays. 90s. I'm working with kids that were born in the '90s. I'm going really. No, I know. Yeah. Well, I worked at the doors at bars, and it got to the point where no, you're not 21. Come on. Yeah. I felt like just going. No, you can't come in. Yeah. But I had the one. I'm in line at Wag, but there's these kids in front of me. This is the culture shock thing. I had these. There's this guy on. He had this weird voice and this little bit of makeup. Trip. I'm just looking, going, Bob Dylan. They look at me. They go, You guessed it. Who's Bob Dylan? <laughs> And I've heard people say, well, you know, oh, the Kinks, the, they covered the Van Halen song. <laughs> then you just go, all of a sudden you pull your pants up, just go, get off my lawn. <laughs> 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 yeah, but the, I always say the kids are all right here. You look at the future of music in Rochester, and I think they appreciate everybody who came before them. Like oh, I said, yeah. like Iggy filled in at that gig, and he's doing all yeah. this much stuff. And I remember seeing him play with Roy, I think he... Went to Naz with Roy. Yes. Yeah. And I remember seeing him play like over five years ago. Yep. So the kids, and a lot of kids, like, they really, like, you listen to their influence. I know Danger Bird, I told Alex, was like the best song Neil Young never wrote that's a Neil Young song. Yeah. And, you know, and they're all into this stuff. They weren't, you know, they know this stuff. It's not like, well, I know five years ago, or like his favorite Billy Eilish, who you have to understand we rag about Billy Eilish. Yeah. <laughs> That's our in joke about Greg. It's like, because he's got, he's always, I'm always like, you play for Billy Eilish? Stay in your bedroom, be famous. <laughs> That's right. It's all done with machines. No, but what's the, you're playing a lot of gigs now. That's what all the future looks for. You're just going to keep playing, enjoying yourself? As long as I can. I mean, that's that's the life of a musician, you know, until you can't do it or people don't want you to play with them again. I mean, when it gets to that point, I'll say, okay, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just retreat to the studio. I, that's right. Yeah. Go to the studio. I always now. say when I don't want to load the car anymore, that's it. You know, yeah, you got more to load some people than like. I always love like, and I won't mention names because I love them, but like some of my friends are lead singers. I'll see the band drag it in stuff. Yeah. Then yeah. the lead I singer shows up ten minutes before the show. Yeah. I got my mic stand. I got, I got my mic stand. I got my, <laughs> I got my phone clip. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's interesting now. It's That's actually a thing. Interesting now. I've never seen before though, but I've seen so much with the cliffs up here with the lyrics. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, well, when you get into five, six different types right. of projects, yeah. you, you know, you need some kind of reference. I mean, I mean memory is good. But. Who can afford the wedges with the prompters on them? You know? I know. Well, yeah, uh, and expensive. and you know, gosh, I mean, I just in the last week I heard a version of of. Um, um, a Who song? I'm forgetting which song it was now. Peter Townsend got the, the verse completely screwed up. The verse, The Long Live Rock. Oh, okay. completely <laughs> screwed up the lyrics. And and uh, it's it's you know Stones. I got it. I've been on a huge Stones kick. So I've been listening to a lot of the live albums. Mick will never sing Tumbling Dice right yeah. for the lyrics. He'll always goof the lyrics up on Tumbling Dice. Yeah, it's part I of the fun that. though. It's part of the fun yeah. though. Like if you yeah. want to hear the right song, just go listen to it on the album. That's right. That's right. Or go hear the tribute band that's trying to be them and can't. That's <laughs> <Right. laughs> cool. But, but Don, mean, go on, Greg. Go I on. mean, even Sinatra. I mean, dooby dooby doo. He forgot the lyrics. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Is that's that what curly? Curly was your rumor. Yeah, he would when he did the on the floor. He would go on the floor because he couldn't remember the lines. So we'd do the spin on the floor and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, the yep, 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 <laughs> Fashions were, yeah. You know the coaching <clears throat> on TV though, so it was cool. But Don, what's, thanks a heck of a lot for coming on. Oh, thanks coming. for having this me. This has been lots of fun. This is, you know, get to be with my buddy Greg and all you guys. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is this is nice reuniting. I like and it. It feels so good. That's <laughs> right. Casual, but we're now. I know you're playing Iron Smoke on the 25th. And um, I saw you play yep. Hilton or somewhere too. Oh God, I'm playing Hilton a lot. AJ Hilton is actually he's. His name's uh, Andrew J. <clears throat> He's from Hilton. That's why he named himself that. So his whole following is like right, right out of there. It's it's it, they follow us pretty much everywhere we go. But yeah, the 25th is going to be we're actually getting uh, Dave Drum back. Oh, all right. Yeah. He had his rotator cuff surgery done <laughs> by some miracle. The doctor is going to actually told him, yeah, go ahead and play the. He plays a cajon with this thing because you know it's an acoustic thing. Yeah. It's just, and he can play keeping his his his, uh, his elbows. In. Yeah, yeah. He just can't extend, so he's right. he's got a snare, he's got the cajon for the kick, yeah. and he's got a hi hat, and he can play. I'm <laughs> going. You're kidding me, and you won't hurt yourself. It's like that's, great. That's that would awesome. be, I, mean, I want to go good. see that because I love watching Dave. <laughs> he's a great oh, he's, player. he's yeah. great, and and I've been missing him because you know I'm not a great vocalist. I mean, I just force myself to stop start singing. So that I could keep working myself somehow and right. be more valuable. You know, you, you don't do have that. to be though. I always made this joke about American Idol. Can you imagine Tom Waits, Ray Davies, anybody <laughs> going on American Idol? They'd, you know, Bob Dylan. This guy got the feeling. That's what made me. That's someone really someone told me. You'll never be as bad as Bob Dylan. I go, he's great. Yeah. I mean, at what he does. Well, and they were like, well, you could probably be too if you did it regularly. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't think I'll ever be great. But if I can get to be tolerable and no one will throw things at me, I'll do it. So 
Absolutely. Well, you'll never be Yimasume, <clears throat> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's like a problematic naming yourself at the area. Imagine, like, if you're from Phelps, right. you're the you're the great sauerkraut festival band. That's right. <laughs> you better be Polka. I actually yeah. played one of those once. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be playing with uh, the last show with Mike Mullane and Roy Stein. Uh, we're going to play the last show with them in Buffalo at the stage on March third. Cool. That'll be that club is amazing. Why is it the, last, the last show of what? Of uh, the it's it's basically they've been subbing for you know because Dave was out he really oh, can't, he can't extend his arm so he can't play Led Zeppelin. Oh right, <laughs> Dave Drum. So we Roy filled in for him and Mike volunteered to just step in because our bass player Darren Pilato uh, got a new job for the government being a lawyer or something yeah. so he's totally. You know, yeah. He's yeah totally Roy's been that. another one. He's been at it since the say. He's never stopped. Yep. No. I remember me. I met him on an airplane flying to New York one day. He said, "Aren't you Lou Graham's guitar player?" <laughs> yeah. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> we got to be good friends. We ended up in three or four bands together, just like Greg and I. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I just remember, like I said, my brother was in New Mass. I remember like being underage, going to. Oh yeah. Scorgies. <laughs> Those festival tent shows too, like the, the band Listen played with them and a couple others. I don't. I remember that. Yeah, yeah and I just remember like getting you going. I nobody cared as much those days. It was fun, but festival yeah. tent. Let's go Massa when he was eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would be a little much. I remember they caught like one. There's like this one convenience store for me. They sent like the cops sent like some twelve year old in to buy cigarettes. <laughs> it's like, come on, you're asking for. It. That's funny. He's eight. Oh, he looks young for his age. I don't worry. I'm trying to remember how old he was, though, because he was like 12 oh, yeah, or something. Yeah, I remember. He, he was when like... He, he opened for B.B. King at the yeah. festival time. He was yeah. like 12, and he was shredding. He was amazing. That's just amazing, this though. This stuff but, is awesome. Man. But yeah, yeah, check. You got a, you have a website, because I know I actually looked at it as like... Try to familiarize myself that I forgot everything, because I'm old. <laughs> no, DonMancuso.com. Uh, you can get me... If you go to Reverb Nation and you signed up, you sign up for my email list, which I don't badger people, but you can get like hundreds of songs that I played on from loose Christian rock down to, you know, playing songs with my son in the studio and, and hear some stuff that's really cool and see some videos and things. I love the diversity of it all, too. That's yeah. a, there's no end to music. You can do whatever you want. That's right. So you know, what's in the future? Keep playing, right? What's in the future? Yeah. Check yeah, him wanna, out. He's around. But we're going to do another solo album. I mean, not you know, when I do a solo album, it's not just me. I yeah. have mm-hmm. people like you and a lot of other talent that comes in. But I'd like to do that. And uh, Lips Turn Blue is trying to regroup. We found a, a singer out in L.A. who used to be in the band Red with me, Michael, Michael O'Mara. And he seems to be able to do the job, and we're just trying to cool. get the fit. We even have you know a few ideas of fills left that we're going to try to remake oh, and put great. together another album. We've been dropped by the record company. Oh, no. <laughs> so now you've got your freedom. Yeah, yeah, we only sold a few few thousand albums. They they expected way better performance, of course. You know. Especially in these days, that's really good. And yeah. no one, But no one's really selling anything when you look at it realistically except for streams yeah mm-hmm. and um albums if you put out a physical like 
vinyl album. Mm -hmm. People will buy it. CDs. They're basically just calling yeah, it. Yeah, roaring back. It's weird. That's yeah. been a topic because there's been this thing going around about all like the small money you make in the streaming services, and I've had like musicians that say, "Oh, they're ridiculous." The CDs don't. But see, I like like I like physical stuff. I'm like Me a luddite, yeah. but I'll get a CD or an <laughs> album or whatever. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna do vinyl if we do another vinyl. one. I'm not. I mean, we'll get CDs made just so we have something yeah. to throw around. But right. well, you have uh, <laughs> blue vinyl. <laughs> that would be that would be a good. You know what you should do? You should have just a Rochester edition if you could do it. Where when it gets cold, the album turns blue. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. You probably do it. You probably do it. You could probably do it these days. There's so much technology. But what if now Greg wants to hear something? Let's turn blue. It's up to you yes. if you want to. I just wanted to hear the second song, "Build yeah. My Castle." Or Build it's my castle. But he's got another thing. And then you're, solo thing, you're, right? you're being yeah. very nice letting the drummer pick your song. But what you <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a good song. It's, it's actually from one of the early. The oh, first just one DJ more interruption. No, like, one last yeah. question because I always forget one thing is how did doing He Bulldog come about? Because that, that was like the big push when they were saying you were doing this. Is like it was really good. Yeah, on on my. Second solo album, which we called Don Mancuso's D-Drive, we were looking for a Beatles song. And, of course, everybody's suggesting all their famous songs around the radio. Right. Oh, do that. You'll become rich and famous. It's <laughs> like me and Phil looked at each other and said, how about Hey Bulldog? I like that song. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's a good it's idea. a good rockin' song. Yeah, good yeah, it wasn't you know. actually even on an album. It was on the B-side of one of the... Yellow yeah. Submarine, too. I think the reissue yeah. of Yellow Submarine, the, right. the they movie. Put it yeah. on there. And what yeah. I like, too, is I've had this... It's not a criticism, but, like, I've had friends. I used to count... I have, like, at the moment, eight friends who play who do a cover of Jolene. Johnny Cash has done more than three songs, like Folsom Prison. Pull oh, yeah. something out of the hat you haven't heard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But now... So no, that's a good thing. Now, this what one, does it play on Yeah, and on this one, this is pretty much all instrumental, and uh, Green Bay Reggae is the one you should play on this. Okay. And check it out. It's It's got some cool stuff. It's actually... It's the drummer from Pink, Mark Sherman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's it's, great. It's him, him and I actually recorded most of the stuff. I did all the guitar and bass tracks, and he did the drums. And it was like he's a freaking phenomenal. Oh yeah, he's a monster. I couldn't believe he actually wanted to do it because we, Lou and I, were riding on a tour bus in Europe on the Rock Meets Classic where we played with the orchestra, and I'm watching this video of Pink like coming out of the right. ceiling in, in the Australia thing doing gymnastics. Yeah, and right. Singing. <laughs> and this guy comes out from behind the drums and starts playing cello while she's wow. doing it. I go, holy God, that guy's an amazing drummer, and he plays cello. He goes, Lou looks at me, he goes, oh, that's Mark. Mark Shulman, he stepped in for Dennis Elliott on, on the Foreigner Ford tour when he Yikes. quit. I went, you know him? He goes, yeah. Do you mind if I use your name to like see if he'll do my solos? <laughs> and I did it, and he actually, he said, you know, first he said, well, send it to me, I'm kind of busy. And then when he heard Dee Dee Bop or one of the other ones, he said, oh, this is not pop. Yeah, right. <laughs> he goes, I'll do it and I'll give you the, the 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 good old boy deal instead of my normal five hundred or a thousand a yeah. track. Well, thanks a lot, Don. This has been awesome. We'll play you. Guys. The thing is, don't ever name drop the carnival. It'll be like Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. You probably get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thanks a lot. We'll listen to the songs. They're gonna be great. They'll even be on our show. <laughs> thanks, fans.